Hi, I'm Lisa Hammer from the Venture Brothers. I play Triana. And if I'm listening to pirate radio, it's only Hench Life Pirate Radio. I will listen to nothing else. It was the only show I will listen to. All the other ones are just trash. Welcome out, ladies and gentlemen, to another spectacular episode of Unified Fan Theory. I am one of your triumvirate of hosts, the inimitable, the unconquerable, Dr. Savage Poppenheimer. Lo, I am become depth destroyer of continuity. We are joined, as always, by my longtime companda, our resident Spockter Beast McCoy, our Spocktologist, and the Standards and Practices Editor at DC Comics. We are also joined this week by Professor Trill Nye, author of the best-selling novel, A Timely History of Briefs, and the short film, Van Vers Man Vs. Nature, The Road to Victory. Today we are discussing episode two of the Disney Plus Loki series. No, 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 like hell we are. We are going to discuss you putting me on the Standards and Practices board of like the most unloving uh unreciprocal like <laughs> comics board uh, no i if i was there i was the lone holdout like i was like no put it put it in there put his face right in that shit uh and i think dietrich bader would have done a good job uh he, he's the voice of batman on uh on harley quinn so i i, I agree i agree <laughs> all right so for anyone who's not familiar with what this is uh uh, Beast, can you please give us the uh, the, the rundown? So uh, Harley Quinn uh, on HBO Max has taken off wildly in popularity as it's it awesome. should. It's really yeah, it's good, amazing. Yeah. Um, so what happened was uh, I guess they had a meeting, and then in uh, you know in the course of that meeting they discussed a scene, and that scene would not happen because heroes don't do that. Okay, and then wait, the wait, director wait, comes wait. out and talks about what that scene was. And it would have been Batman going down on Catwoman. Um, uh, well, and I mean, just the <laughs> irony that it's Catwoman makes it... Uh, Cat's got your tongue, right? <laughs> uh, <laughs> oh, my God. Um, no, and uh, then, then, yeah, like, you know, DC's like, no, Batman is, is you know, heroes don't do that. And it's like, Yes, I'm not a hero. <laughs> All of my heroes do. <laughs> uh, I I was absolutely... This is why I read Marvel comics. <laughs> yeah, I was absolutely stupefied that they're going to go on to Harley Quinn with standards and practices. I, have they even seen the show? <laughs> Facts. I, I just, I, I, could, I couldn't, it, it just I mean, did that... not compute. That that show already goes to these crazy places that you don't think it's going to go to, that you didn't think DC would allow anyway, and they've already let them do it. And now this comes along, and uh, it doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense. Come on, let Batman, you know, do his thing. Like <laughs> y'all have already done everything else on that show. You know what I'm saying? Like so. I would also like to point out the sheer quality of the memes that have come from this. One of my personal favorites was Alf 
taking uh, Catwoman from Batman's arms saying, don't worry, I've got this. Uh, yeah, that's so many levels. I love that. Uh, yeah, that's that's a great one. Uh, uh, my favorite was the uh, one of the writers for Nightwing. I think it's Tom Taylor. Uh, he was like, checks why Batman is trending. Goes back <laughs> to writing Nightwing, possibly as a more giving hero. <laughs> <laughs> and then like after seeing the tweet blow up, he's like, oh, that went down well. <laughs> That's like my favorite uh, Batman joke, by the way. Uh, how do you, uh, was it, uh, how do you get dick from Richard? You asked nicely. <laughs> well, and Yeah, there were so many good ones. Well, and there was another, uh, was it, it was the Harley Quinn and Batman uh, DC animated movie. Yeah. Like, she straight up like ties Nightwing to the bed and is like, "We're doing this." And after waffling on it for a bit, which one? Uh, yeah, I think it was uh, Batman. Oh, and the, Harley. The, yeah, the Batman Harley Quinn. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I mean, and yeah. and yeah, they totally went there. Where was the standards and practices then? I, I would just like to point out that standards and practices are not good standards or good practices if you are un like if your definition of a hero is not given uh i just, i'm trying to think of a more you know it's batman let me, here's let the me thing be honest like let, let me be honest i um what is her name the female comedian um just had a baby amy nasty schumer. nasty ma amy schumer right and she's talking about how she got drunk and she was on her period and she went and uh like went home with this dude and he went down on her. And she was like, you are a hero, sir. And I believe, I believe that Batman would be that kind of hero as well. No, see, here's the thing is maybe, maybe it's the old switcheroo. They're like, see, no, Batman would never do that. But, but, but that playboy billionaire Bruce Wayne, on the other hand. <laughs> that was, yeah, yeah. I was about to say that. I also like the, uh, I believe that Batman is bad at sex and that's canon meme <laughs> <laughs> and then there's well, like a list of people that are better at sex than him starting with Catwoman, then poison ivy and then the penguin you'd be surprised yeah uh, harley quinn and the joker did ben shapiro make that list uh oh fuck is ben shapiro batman son I, of a bitch i've never seen him in the same room together so it's it's quite possible <laughs> um <laughs> <laughs> All right, we can uh, we can riff on this for a hot minute, but we do. Where no, we but, do need but to talk about honestly, where is Kevin Smith in the middle of all this? That's also another topic <laughs> about. That I saw I saw that trending, and I was thinking to myself. Uh, so I was like, "Look, you can get it done fast. You can get it done right." Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> hey, baby, you ever have your asshole licked by a Batman in an overcoat? <laughs> <laughs> No, because DC won't allow it, and heroes don't do that. Oh, <laughs> you got you to do the hands. You got to do the hands. Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! Oh. <laughs> I baby. Yeah. That's that. I don't know why that wasn't memed already, but. Oh my god. Oh, please, universe, podcast listeners, 
Please bring me you ever had your asshole licked by Batman in an overcoat meme. We need this. We need, we need this so bad. You know what else we need? More than Catwoman needs a giving partner. Are you stealing shingles again? No, I got a pirate radio set at the swap meet. So I will bring to this neighborhood a non-stop talk alternative. A constant barrage of eye-opening conspiracies and ad-libbed innuendo. Too bad there's only 24 hours in a day. Or is there? Who's in the box? Were either of you guys uncertain about anything just now? Oh, yeah. Oh, what's in the box? What's in the box, Rodinger? Um, a cat. We're entirely hypothetical. There's also a lot of drugs in there. The three of us are lost in a timeless oblivion. The cat is alive or dead? Alive or dead? What's in the fucking box? So... Let's go ahead and launch right into this, and then we'll get to some of the amazing theories that have been generated out of this week's episode. We begin with a 1985 Renaissance Fair in Oshkosh, Wisconsin. It's the 80s. It's so the 80s. Uh, one of my favorite little tidbits in this was when uh, like the TVA authority kind of steps out of their time door and one of the women standing off to the side is like, you guys aren't in costume. And the TVA is just kind of ignoring her. They're just going on. She's like, some of us need this, you know. <laughs> it reminds me, uh, I went to the Ren Fair here before the, the COVID. And uh, they, they have a time traveler day. So you see people walking around in uh, like Star Trek outfits and like Doctor Who and stuff like that. Uh, they, they totally like have come a long way since 1985 and appreciating like out of costume people at the Ren Fair. That's awesome. In I fact, like I would be very surprised if you don't see TVA agents show up to a lot of events that way now. That's, I feel, like, I, I feel like I'm going to go to the Ren Fair now as a TVA agent. Get one of those ball and Mobius suits with like the, the inverted lapels. Yeah. So baller. Or a uh, a nice classy futuristic Sameu is, is is that what you call it? Oh, a Samue, yeah. Samue, okay. Samue. So the TVA agents are there because we've got a branch, and uh, they head into like the jousting tent, the fight arena, and uh, it proceeds to go very badly. Music, an announcement comes on. It's like. Lords and ladies, get ready for this battle. You know, it, will it be the hero to, who saves a mighty princess or will evil prevail? And we get Bonnie Tyler's I Need a Hero playing as a hand reaches out of the darkness, touches one of the TVA agents who get consumed by this like green magic energy. Her eyes glow red and then she starts attacking her fellow TVA agents. So while Bonnie Tyler's I need a hero, or holding out for a hero plays. You mean Short Circuit 2's best soundtrack song? Yes, yes. <laughs> and that song was already several years old when uh, when that movie came out. I know, but every time I think of it, I just think of Johnny Five, like, just crushing, just riding down New York. Right. <laughs> like, he's just in New York. In I think he's in Central Park just killing it. You know every what? Time I, every time I hear that, I get really hopeful and tear up a little bit. 
you know what scene I remember most from that movie? The Help Me Rhonda. Like him playing oh, yeah. the phone, the, the songs on the phone to like give them directions on how to rescue him. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like Don Broadway. I, I, I also like the uh, the scene with the gangbangers. <laughs> the Los Locos. Uh, yeah. What are we? Are you still uh, talking about Short Circuit or? Yeah, we're talking about Short Circuit too. Oh, Electric uh, yeah, Boogaloo. Yeah. Gotcha. Sorry. <laughs> no, but whenever that Bonnie Tyler song comes on, that's just what I think of. So I, I'm sorry to uh, branch off there. We should probably set the okay. detonator reset. and destroy that branch and prune it immediately. Let's reset that timeline. Yeah. So the agent and this masked secret figure, hit this hooded secret figure uh, who is stabbing these TVA agents, uh, you know, the is taking them down. And eventually gets them all and actually takes the one that was corrupted and made to do the evil bidding of our mystery figure, who has collapsed unconscious, is dragged through the time gate, and the reset charge is stolen. So we find out as they disappear into the time gate what show we're watching. It turns out it's Loki. And from there, we are introduced to where our eponymous character is sitting at a desk listening to Miss Minutes essentially describe what's going on and ask questions. It's like a quiz. It's a it's an AI. And Miss Minutes is jumping around on the desk like it's a like a, like hologram. a Microsoft paperclip icon. Yeah. You know what it actually you know what it was? It was like the little paperclip. Yeah. <laughs> like Miss Minutes is the Microsoft paperclip. But yeah. like it's it's really into productivity. It's like, are you paying attention? Yeah. Like really? Like I'm making yeah. eye contact with you. You're not looking at me. <laughs> <laughs> One finger, circular motion. Don't you look at me. And it was it was totally interactive too. Like he could talk to her outside of the the monitor. And then once he started messing with her, she jumped back into the monitor so that he couldn't mess with her anymore. Yeah, well, that was really that, like you think the monitor's gonna save you. And of course, he's trying to beat her, this little like holographic AI with a jet ski magazine, which will show up a little bit later. Uh, well, it turns out that since this team of Minutemen has been taken out, uh, they're going to organize another team to go in after them. And they've decided that they're going to take them with. So we've gotten a couple of key details here. Number one, Loki's learning, right? How to be a TVA agent, right? He's, he understands what redlining is. We got a good description of what redlining was. It's the point after which the Nexus can't be contained, right? right. down to it which was which was cool um, oh, uh, the shooting up the jacket was pretty awesome you know he, yeah. he seemed kind of like you know he's he's kind of assimilated a little bit they put the jacket on he pops the, Pop the collar and, yeah, and then it's <laughs> like you know uh they have him like check the back and it says variant yeah uh, which, by the way, um as a comic book fan just in general i love that that's where they're calling them uh because those are some of my favorite things are variant covers uh, yeah. of, of comics and stuff you know it's just kind of a a neat callback vernacular well we're Absolutely. getting a lot more about loki's not just loki because as they're prepping to go on this mission we see a variety of different loki's uh we get the kind of regular loki we get <laughs> tour de france loki common <laughs> <laughs> um, jerry Luke loki Trump. Yeah, we get like uh, like Hulk Loki or Ogre Loki, like or Hell Hellboy Loki. It no, was... I like the idea of Hulk Loki because that would severely disturb him. 
I don't know. It felt a little hokey to me. You feel a little hokey to me. I don't know. That would Did that pun not land. <laughs> <laughs> it, it I didn't. I went right. That past pun me. landed like Batman's tongue anywhere. Fun. <laughs> I would love to see Hulky. Hul- Hul- <laughs> I think they should go there. Hopefully, they will. We'll Unlike see. Batman. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> unlike Batman, is not because heroes don't do that. So, some people just don't go there. I feel like I'm. I'm gonna make shirts that just say "Heroes don't don't do that." And... Uh, I, I, dude, you need a shirt that says "This hero does." <laughs> there you go. That's that's the yeah. That's... One does not simply show Professor Trill nigh the booty. <laughs> oh, dude, and then have a picture of like Ralphie from The Simpsons. Holding a pudding cup, like an empty pudding cup with like a, you know. <laughs> oh man. My favorite little moment in that prep scene wasn't where she's laughing. Like, let, let me see the back of your jacket. It's where Owen Wilson's character, Mobius, is trying to hand him a pair of knives in case things get crazy. And uh, Hunter B, uh, B15 walks by and is like, nope. And takes Absol- the knives. She takes him not. and throws him in the locker and closes yeah. the door. She's like, no way. Yep. So they get to the Renaissance Fair and Loki walks in. And dude, it, there's a, a moment of this. Like, it's very Silence of the Lambs, right? You've hired the serial killer to help you find the serial killer. And like Loki gets in and for a minute, you're like, okay, it's like, do not go out that tent. It's a trap. Everyone's going to get slaughtered. If you go out this tent, I see the scene. And in this scene, I see me and he's going and he's going and he's going and like, dude, like I'm, I'm in it. I'm like, Whoa, this is some Sherlock Holmes stuff right here. And then Owen Wilson's like, he's lying. Let's go. (laughs) Like, yeah, I was like, you almost had me for a minute. I didn't know what happened. I was like, I really just believed it. And then Owen Wilson's just like, no, he's lying. Let's go. And I was like, what did, he, what was the, what was the tell there? Like what? The like, timekeepers. I need to talk to the timekeepers. Oh yeah. Yeah. Like they're in great danger. Mm, okay. Well, yeah. I, no, no. I mean, he wasn't wrong. We'll get there, but. <laughs> we'll get there. That was kind of the, I, I did notice that was like the, the big, like quote unquote, like uh, asshole move here was like, well, he did try uh, to tell people, um, but no, uh, I, I love like yeah the idea of him dissecting the crime scene and and then you know uh, the one counterpart. Now I, I floated this theory along to uh, Lucifer. <laughs> well, yeah, I had to, to Trill and detective, uh, <laughs> and and yeah, like uh, I was like you know maybe Mobius twist is a Loki. But then I was like thinking about that. Nah, I mean, that, I think that would be a little gimmicky. I'll be honest. That that has a hard time getting solid. But that would be a good reason that he knows all about like his his tells and lying. Like he was a, a version of Loki that was like, yeah, but glorious purpose. Awful. This is it. <laughs> My glorious purpose is bureaucracy <laughs> and jet skis. <laughs> yeah. Well, they Loki's stalling. They get the timeline reset, and then uh, Mobius essentially gets uh, called to the uh, the prayer closet. He gets called to the principal's office, right? 
and gets read the riot act and essentially things with loki did not go the way he anticipated they lost valuable time uh which is an ironic thing to say uh but they actually explain why you can't just keep going back to that moment because the variable creates an instability so you can only pretty much go in while you can and you can't keep going back in over and over again uh, which I, again, just a very neat way to wrap up what was a pretty outstanding question from the last episode. So Loki essentially is given another chance. Well, Mobius is given another chance, right? And, and he's very frustrated about it too. He's he like, is, he really is. In fact, he's gonna, he, he is so mad at Loki that he gives Loki homework. He's like, go to your room, finish your homework. Like, you, you messed up. I'm going to get a snack. You do yeah. this. <laughs> so he gives Loki all these files to read, and then he goes to get lunch. And Loki apparently is a speed reader. Uh, and, you know, much like we conjectured, if you will, with the technologies that they had in the uh, life lesson room, a la Albert Brooks, they get the opportunity, you know, Loki could perceive quite a bit very quickly. Right. And Loki manages to read these files. And then he decides to go and get more files, specifically files relating to the creation of the TVA, which are classified. Then he wants files related to the creation of time itself, which are classified. And then eventually he asks, what files can I get? At which point the uh, reference librarian gives him his own files. <laughs> the Ragnarok file. Yeah including the Ragnarok file. Now, I want to point out here really quickly that the, uh, Ragnarok was listed as a level seven apocalypse. Planetary destruction, I believe. Planetary is destruction yeah. is a level seven. So just keep that in mind because I have a theory about what these levels are and, and, and I'll get to that in just a minute. It also well, says zero variant uh, detection as well. So, yeah. yeah. Well, and it surprises me it's actually kind of that high on the scale. After learning that, like you know, uh, just how big the the scope of things really is, because like mm -hmm. you know, Marvel started out uh, ground level heroes, and that was when Loki was introduced, and then they they you know uh, started uh, introducing like the the cosmic stuff, and then the magic stuff, and then the cosmic stuff got a little bit bigger, and now the cosmic stuff is like like that's that's kind of in in relativity to all this. That's earth level stuff compared to whatever this shit is. Uh, yeah. Omniversal, I guess yeah. is what we can call that. That works, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's more than multiversal. It's all the multiverses. It's temporal omniversal. Well, and actually, uh, I read a really great theory going back to that office scene. Uh, I'm going to save this tidbit for the, the back half here. Uh, about the FDR pin, the Franklin Dillon, like the, the Franklin D. Roosevelt High School. Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm actually, that. that's a really neat Easter egg if it's a, the one I'm sussing out. So anyway, we'll come back to that. So that's when Loki has his amazing revelation and we get what is quite possibly the best scene in the entire episode. And that's the one where Loki uses a very aggressive metaphor to ruin Owen Wilson's lunch and explain how Loki has been avoiding the TVA the entire time. He's been hiding out in apocalypses because nothing they do creates a variance when everything in that area is about to be wiped out for all time. 
Well, they've got to test this theory. So they head over to Pompeii. This is where we get our Pompeii, Italy, 79 AD timestamp. And they're like, <laughs> Owen Wilson's like, try, try bird noises. Like, <laughs> look, he's like, sure. And then he runs over, lets a bunch of goats out of their pen, start screaming at everyone in Latin, like, you're all going to die, <laughs> right? Like, dance while you still can. You know, just being as much a distraction. But of course, it proves his point that even with his massive intervention into that uh, incursion into that time stream, it's having no impact. There's no variant being created because everyone there is about to die, which means Loki's hiding out in the apocalypse. And now they have the information they need to help start tracking down where Loki might actually be. Now, we get a moment where they are, uh, you know, having a, another little second chat. This is where we get further discussion of the Jet Ski magazine. And for this beautiful moment, the 90s form and function were beautifully married. <laughs> like, he's never ridden a jet ski. If there's any justice in the Marvel Universe, the last episode will feature Owen Wilson riding on a jet ski somewhere. Now, actually, I, I, when he said this beautiful point in the 90s, I know when that time ended. I know the death of that time. Oh. <laughs> it was when uh, Hulk Hogan had a show on television called Thunder in Paradise about speedboats. Oh, man. And it relied on the same, like, technology as, as jet ski. That's where these, these like, speedboats work. Um, and they're giant and they're really fast, but like the second it became like a gimmicky, awful show that I almost remember as a fever dream from my <laughs> childhood. <laughs> uh, that's, that's, when I I like, yes, that's when the jet ski died. Like, <laughs> no, I mean, I know that they're still out there, but like, you know, people just don't enjoy them or appreciate them the same. Price, way. Uh, Price uh, is Right hasn't given one away since 1995. Right. <laughs> I have never ridden a jet ski, but it is definitely one of those things I'd like to get around doing. Uh, what was that? Uh, I forget who it was. It was what was it, Tosh? He was like, money can't buy you happiness, but money can buy you a jet ski. And you ever seen an upset person on a jet ski? Like, you could be in the worst mood possible with a big frown on your face. You just start, that grin just opens right up. Which is really awkward if it's a lifeguard coming to save you. <laughs> As someone who has ridden a jet ski several times, uh, I've never had a bad time. I will just confirm that theory that um, they are super fun all the time. Uh, it doesn't uh, matter. Unlike a second date with Batman. I mean, you don't know. You don't. I mean, you don't know that. We we cannot even begin to speculate what a second date would be with Batman. Uh, I can tell you what it won't be. <laughs> Because so, heroes, heroes don't do that, you know? It won't be eating the pudding cup without a spoon. I'll tell no, you that. Sir. No, oh, sir. Oh, boy. So, but that billionaire Bruce Wayne, I bet he's got some moves, though. We also get in this lunch scene, right, with uh, Mobius and Loki, a, essentially Loki kind of talking smack, and then Owen Wilson puts it together. He's like, wait a minute. We do have a second data point. And he takes Loki to go find the Kablooey gum, that was introduced in the first episode at the cathedral with the kid with the blue teeth, right? The Kablooey gum. Yeah. That gives them two data points, which, and Kablooey gum was only made between this time and this time. Like, it was what, like 2047 and 2051 or something. Yeah. Like and random. <laughs> that and helps. Sold at, uh, 
Well, so, it was sold at the, was it Roxco? Yeah. Which so, is obviously, uh, was it uh, Roxxon, like a division of Roxxon? Yeah, the, like uh, the Roxxon version of Walmart. Yeah. yeah. So they are able to essentially go through, pull every file related to apocalypses in those few years. And I thought it was like, God, famine, death, destruction, war, like tornadoes. Like this is just Something awesome. About, uh, some species of bird. A sparrow. Thing. Yeah, it was like the sparrow extinction. And he was like, did this happen? He was like, yeah, it really just messed up the ecosystem. The entire <laughs> ecosystem collapsed because of the Burb gang also. So. <laughs> Burb gang. I had, to, I had to throw that out there. Burb gang. So this helps them narrow down. They have a really fun like gentleman's bet. So you can find it first for pride. Loki finds it first. He's got it. And then... Owen Wilson's got to go to the judge, the magistrate, to essentially get permission to Is take a girlfriend arms tag team <laughs> to 2050 in Alabama on the eve of a horrendous hurricane. Here's the like as they're getting ready for this mission. This is why I brought up the uh, apocalypse level earlier. This is listed as an apocalypse level 10. Now, if Afsgard's entire planetary destruction was level seven and a hurricane that wipes out a town in Alabama is a level 10, it's gotta be like DEFCON. Like level 10 is the lowest type of apocalypse. And level one would be like complete multi-temporal universal destruction. Ah, so when I said I was surprised it was so high on the list, flip the list upside down, got you, okay. That, that, that's my- Yeah, yeah DEFCON levels, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Because everyone's like, oh, DEFCON level six. Like, if you're going to be at DEFCON, like, the, the higher the number, the safer you are. The at lower least there's going to be survivors, you know? Like, yeah, exactly. Like, DEFCON levels is how many people are going to survive. <laughs> okay, that makes <laughs> me wonder what, uh, well, what level was Pompeii, uh, comparatively speaking? I mean, do we ever, do they have I, that? I didn't see. My guess is that Pompeii would be roughly equivalent to the hurricane. Right, right. Because it's I mean, only taking out, uh, you know, a locality. Now it wasn't global. It wasn't a global like problem. It was like kind of you know localized Pompeii and surrounding areas. <laughs> the tri-state area. <laughs> Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. Yeah. So like DEFCON ten is tri-state. <laughs> Down area. at the Coliseum. <laughs> DEFCON nine is like a country level event. Avoid DEFCON eight no. is like okay. You know, it's essentially like a planetary apocalypse, but the planet wasn't destroyed. Level seven is planets destroyed. Okay, so that would make something like... So 2020 was like uh, level four. <laughs> or, uh, yeah, or, I would uh, say like... Uh, I don't know, seven? I don't know, somewhere around there. Well, well it, like it, it could be higher than an eight. Well, yeah. like Infinity War? Uh, so then that would be like maybe an eight, eight or... Not, or no, um, not eight. I guess it would be a six. I yeah I that, that was that was would be like I, a, a six or a five. I feel like that falls into the planetary destruction level that was, uh, and Ragnarok was a seven. I think it said. Yeah. Well, that's so what I'm saying. Like, like uh, destroying like half the life in in all of this version of reality. Uh, I mean, I think that would bump it up to like a, a six or maybe a five. It, it yeah. No. 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 I, yeah. Yeah. Because like more than three would be across all universes and a two would be like, you know, or it's got to top out at a four because a, a three would be all universes. 
that happening and then a two would be like an entire universe getting wiped out and then one, one would, would be like every realm yeah and everything yeah now uh i will go ahead just to preview my my thing later uh, i think we can interject a level in between there uh and then have like what they call an incursion this is something that pops up in uh in the comics and and sees okay. a whole yeah. bunch of stuff Secret War. uh yeah um yeah. and so maybe that's uh the you know the difference between like you know ending one like this reality you know whatever end game is on right and then you know ending all realities like that's the step is like maybe you're just affecting like you know more than one but not all of them you know not yeah. the omniverse you know what i mean yeah yeah well they get their tag team they're headed out with hunter b15 and a troop of their toughest minute hunter, men. uh hunter b15 that's the uh the really brolic chick right yeah dude uh the one I that like name. beat him in the head and uh, yeah 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 uh, what is, uh, see, now you got me thinking about it. Uh, her actual name is Wunmi Mosaku. Yeah, she was in Black Mirror with U.S. Agent. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah, I noticed that um, on my second watch through. I was like, she uh, uh, had so to I just checked out back the together cast. on Black Mirror, I think. I just so checked it, out the cast, and I don't know if uh, th these are things that, uh, you know, like cast members that got, are on here because we got introduced to them in episode one with some of the flashbacks, but mm -hmm. Mark Ruffalo, Jeremy Renner, and Tessa Thompson are all listed as cast members. In this episode? It just in, in the cast, which makes me wonder if we're not going to see just a little bit more a little bit later. And I would be deeply disappointed if we don't get uh, Matt Damon back. <laughs> Damon. Matt Damon. <laughs> Matt Damon. Regards. <laughs> they head off to Alabama in 2050 with a fully armed tag team to go to the Roxxon, essentially Walmart, during a level 10 uh, apocalypse hurricane. And that is when things get... Well, more revelatory and action-packed. Uh, they go in. Owen Wilson's plan is to take Loki with him. And under B-15 is not having it. She's like, you're coming with me. Owen Wilson, Mo Owen Wilson's Mobius tries to put up a fight. It yeah, just fought with him about that. So the team spread out. B-15 takes Loki with her. And they bump into a guy buying azaleas in the greenhouse. <laughs> this is what she's like could that be you he's like i probably want to would have worn a suit but maybe it's like what are you doing here buying azaleas it's a hurricane they're half off hurricane special <laughs> which uh like as somebody who grew up on the coast uh bullshit i was like nah like that store would have been looted like you know two and a half hours that wouldn't have made if, it if it was that serious it would yeah yeah uh, there would be no milk there'd be no bread there'd be no azaleas <laughs> milk bread azaleas those Other people have priorities are... <laughs> they, they're going to rebuild like <laughs> right. i'm gonna water these azaleas with milk and <laughs> make my azalea the whole world <laughs> well as they uh we, we actually get our revelation here as to exactly what's been happening because uh as hunter b15 approaches the uh rocks on 
client, the Roxxon uh, customer, that's when he touches B15. B15 gets the green magic energy and then starts addressing Loki as our missing variant Loki. So it's almost like, what was that Denzel Washington movie where he's trying to take on the devil and the devil can pass himself off from one person to the next by touch? Oh, yeah, with uh, John Goodman. Devil in a blue dress? What's that? Devil in a blue dress? No. One? No, I, I don't know. called Falling Down. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Fallen. Something, something Fallen. very similar. Yeah. Fallen. Fallen, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah, and of course, the big twist at the end is, uh, you know, it doesn't have to be a person. Like, the oh, devil's yeah. name a cat. So, that's how this has been happening. Uh, Loki has created a, like, it has the ability to jump from person to person, taking them over. And we get this great uh, exposition and slash fight scene where Loki uh is taking over other bodies and then beating up variant loki over and over again right like and at mm -hmm. one point he's like i what was it like i i, I miss randy <laughs> right? oh yeah when he's uh he, he he's up like, by like trucker dude he switches yeah, from randy to like guy. some like redneck dude yeah he's <laughs> from like, from randy to lobster man and uh, Lobster Trucker then proceeds to beat the pants off of Loki. And actually, I got to tell you, it's one of the scenes that kind of stuck me a little bit for the wrong reason. Uh, I was disappointed that Loki, look, dude, Loki pretty much like got hurt as bad as anyone could get hurt by the Hulk. And but was somehow getting beaten up by a Lobster Trucker. Like, yeah, OK, enhanced strength, but I wasn't really like seeing it. You know, Loki could definitely put up a better fight, uh, although that he got to use his magic to pull like a Roomba over, <laughs> which was cool to like block some attacks. And he started trying to fight with a vacuum. I mean, well, no. you know, go ahead. Go ahead. Well, no, I mean, uh, he checks for pulses, like if you noticed. Yeah. So I think he's you know very much worried about hurting that person, which is a, a subtle character, you know, change. Yeah, I just figured, uh, you know, that that fight, that particular fight was like Loki fighting Loki. So it was like evenly matched, even though it was like Loki had taken over another person because of the uh, incantation or, or the charm or whatever uh, spell he calls it. Um, See, yeah. I would have assumed it wouldn't have been evenly matched. So, for instance, let's say for a moment that Loki, our Loki right is doing this same thing you know i like it, it's like when you're playing a video game and you beat like you know you fight a sub boss and the sub boss is really really difficult and then when you get that character that character sucks to use and isn't hard or tough at all right <laughs> no i mean like, also uh when they explain about all the different like variants um this is clearly not in the power set that he has yeah, I mean, because uh, you got to remember back in Avengers One, he had to use the stick and he had to use yeah. the scepter um, to to turn people. So this isn't his, and it is very reminiscent of somebody we've seen. No, and, and and unlike Batman, Loki's really good at turning people onto him with his tongue. 
right? Very like, much, yeah. It's the, you know, he can convince people to do what he wants without the, the scepter. Sometimes. Mischievous scamp with a silver tongue. <laughs> <laughs> so then... <laughs> Is that a new Goop product? <laughs> Mischievous scamp? <laughs> with a silver tongue, yeah. I think Kablooey Gum came out with a flavor like that. Yeah, or it's just like knowing the way goop works, it's just like a jade gerbil. Oh. <laughs> so from there, uh, Loki has gotten more of a sense of who this other Loki is, and we even get a revelation of who this Loki is. While this is happening, they've also discovered the missing hunter from the beginning of the episode who was taken from the Renaissance Fair. And she just keeps, keeps repeating, it's real, it's real, it's real, over and over and over again. And then she reveals that she told Bad Loki how to find the timekeepers. Like, this is an epic, epic thing. And then we find yeah. out what all of those stolen charges were for. So we find out that our Loki is, in fact, our bad Loki is female Loki, right? And we find out that all these charges are being sent through doorways into time. And uh, what was it the TV agent calls it? Somebody just bombed the sacred timeline? Oh, yeah. Uh, and I got the impression um, that not only, like, are those, you know, they, they've had certain realities that weren't you know, already pruned, you know, maybe they were kind of double altered or whatever, but then like, I got the impression all of these went straight to wherever the, uh, the timekeepers are. Well, my assumption based on the graph that he's looking at is that these went throughout history into a variety of different places. Right. And that maybe that was a distraction so that one could go into the where the timekeepers were. Now, she didn't say she told him uh, she told her where the timekeepers were. She told her how to find them. Right. Was that the phrasing she used? Maybe where I, to find I, them. I, I think so. Where to where to find them, I think, is is what I recall. Um, we actually got a, a, a neat little thing. It's like, uh, you know, when uh, Mobius was talking to. Uh, which character was that? The uh, the judge, uh, Gugu Mbathu Raw, right? Uh, Ravana. Ravana, yeah. Right? Oh yeah, well, Ravana Rin Savage. Yeah. yeah. Or not Rin Savage, uh, Rin Slayer. Yeah. Yeah, Rin Slayer. One of the things that she mentions is that they are in their chambers working out the final, or and, uh, Mobius says this, like in their chambers working out the final Oh, of yeah. the universe. They were working on the future, apparently, yeah. in their chambers. As well, one does. I don't know. There, there's a lot of odd uh, symbolism in, in cinematography going on with all that stuff, but we can touch on that later. Um, well, and that's pretty much where this episode ends, with somebody bombing the timeline. And with a lot of bombs like yeah. it was a like that means that they had lost you know I, I think i remember seeing at least like 12 you know a dozen or more um you know time bombs you know they are time bombs yeah for yeah. In, in and they were just in that in that rock on walmart there was like she set all those off and then they just dip out. 
Well, and she leaves through a time door and the time door stays open. And then you've got Mobius running in like Loki, Loki, Loki. The time door is still open and Loki flees through the time door and it shuts behind him. So now Loki is with female Loki. Mobius does not have either Loki and the entire sacred timeline has just been bombed. Like this is the lowest moment of that dude's career. Uh, you didn't go to the Christmas party last year. <laughs> right. Well, let's now that we've kind of completed our recap. Uh, do you know what my single biggest question from this episode is? Go on. Why did female Loki only have one horn? One was broken off like Ganesh's tusk. Uh, that's actually, I think, from the comics, uh, a look that that she uh, she sported. Um I'm actually not too terribly familiar because uh, Thor, Loki, all of that stuff really wasn't my my bailiwick uh, in terms of just reading. Um, but going through, like there, it did touch on some timelines. So here's what I'm excited about. Uh, we've already seen through the other shows that it looks like maybe they're setting up a another wave of Avengers or Thunderbolts and uh or dark avengers maybe even and that's very exciting to me um and uh she actually impersonates scarlet witch uh and if you notice they have the the similar like little you know uh hallucination mind enchantment power right um so that's a, a neat prospect i think on the horizon uh, also now that all the the realities are gone haywire um, and you have like what are going to be variants all over the place. Going back to the the Franklin, the uh, Roosevelt High School. That's a high school in the Marvel Universe in Brooklyn. Uh, very specifically referencing. That's where Molecule Peter Parker Man. goes, right? Huh? Molecule Man. Yeah. I thought that's where I thought that's where Peter Parker went too. No, no, he went to Midtown. Oh, yeah, um, right. Yeah, no, this is uh this is Molecule Man. And this is a big deal because Molecule Man is, uh, he's kind of a weird entity that way. Um, yeah. We're, okay, first off, we were wrong about Living Tribunal last episode. Way wrong. Uh, um, are we? Well, if they're killing the timekeepers, and no, it we, looks we like- We don't one know of the, what's going on. Well, no, no. What we do know is, Hang has been cast. One of the timekeeper statues that we get a good look of looks like that actor. I forget his name. I've done a lot of things this morning. Uh, Jonathan Majors, um, and he uh, he does. They this is what I was saying earlier that they do a lot of weird um, cinematography that kind of sets like a, a presence on that one timekeeper that looks like Jonathan Majors. Like when they show the judge, they kind of yeah. pan out from that one character to her, and then they do it again later, like. So it's, it, I, I feel like it's a little bit of foreshadowing to Kang, but I don't want to, you know, I, I'm not sure yet. Also, but, he's the middle slice when you saw the, in the courtroom and it was like the, yeah. the three different slices of the face. He was always the middle. Yeah. Um, yeah. So they yeah, do that, think... they, they just do that a few times with the camera. They pan out or it's always, that's the focal point is this Kang looking dude. You know what I'm saying? So I don't know. Could be something, could be nothing, but. It's I don't, sometimes it's not nothing when it comes to Marvel. Like they kind of slide you, you know, they like drip you information, you know, 
like well, an alien also, built, uh, like the alien that built the ps5 you know they just built it <laughs> and they well and i think also uh, at this point after the the scorsese beef they're definitely like yep upping the cinematography game um but not like uh molecule man exists he's one person i'm, I'm familiar i'm familiar yeah right, right. uh but like yeah molecule man's one person sliced up across all realities he's kind of like a detonator fuse um so he might be a solution way 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 down the line to like fuse reality all back together um that could and that's be some we, ant-man 3 stuff right there yeah the, the quantum ant-man instead you know? well and that's where you get the idea of incursions because that's where he was designed mm-hmm. to start blowing up realities to stop the incursions um so we'll <coughs> see like this is some pie in the sky shit for me because this is a lot of comic lines that like i want to see yeah there's there's a lot of them going on like i mean they could they could go anywhere really with this you know well and it could also be just clever misdirection you know if there is one thing that uh i think that the writers have both learned and have the potential to lean into it is that everyone's paying really close attention and they could be having as much fun with us as we're having with the show or again it could just be i think that's definitely true i think they're really on to us right now and they just try to out out guess us at every every chance uh my favorite theory about this week's episode actually comes from uh this same scene with the fdr pin when mobius is talking about the other agents that she's working with right and the theory is that Mobius is like the TVA's Agent Smith. There's like an infinite number of him. And they're all uh. doing the same thing, which is why she keeps the trophies because he's just one of a bunch of him who doesn't know that, he, that he's not the only one. Oh, wow. You just blew my mind. Makes you wonder, like, how many times he's died in the field. Uh, you know, stuff like that. Didn't um, he basically just die in the field again? Like, with the... No, he didn't die in this... In this like, the bombs weren't going off in the Roxxon. The bombs were sent through time and space. Yeah, you see the little windows open up and shoo, 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 shoo. Like, why would you... I thought that was like... Okay. I thought they just had a bunch of them set up in... The rocks on because it looked like it was like a it was like a square like you know yeah well and th- because they're getting sent all throughout time and space to bomb the sacred timeline he's not bombing a location he's bombing this or she's bombing the sacred timeline i thought they i thought she was saving all those to go back to the tva and just blow up the tva with time bombs no nope. well we found out what she was using them for and she was using them to because you'll notice when, when they show the graph of the sacred timeline things start splitting off up and yeah. around the sacred timeline. Okay, I think I just I think I just looked at that that uh, that grid wrong. <laughs> well, and uh, I but. think really it would have been to the same effect. Like if you bomb the TVA, then there's nobody popping in and out of time to prevent all the branch realities that are happening. Um, so really, I think it's six one half dozen the other in terms of like what effect it would have had. But yeah, no, I didn't see them because that was my. Like, you know, uh, we, we were talking about in the, the group chat, like that was my go to was, uh, you know, they were going to bomb the, the TVA. Um, 
I actually saw somebody's fan theory about that. Uh, what was it? Oh. Yeah, I, I thought that the, the you know, wh- whatever villain it is, whether it's Girl Loki or whoever was, you know, trying to compile a bunch of those bombs just so they could go back to the TVA and destroy the TVA. I mean, can you imagine? Like, I mean, I, I feel like that's how you would kind of take a step to the multiverse of madness. And I, I, I think you put me up on that a little bit, but yeah, dude. Yeah, who was it? Take uh, the TVA out. What's, I mean, what would it, happen? Uh, like, I got a post from Mario L. Bono. Oh man, I'm butchering this. Uh, Bonoan? Uh, Mario L. Bonoan Jr. Uh, it says, by the end of the Loki show, TVA is no more. No one is overlooking the sacred timeline, thus multiverse of madness. Now, uh, yeah, I think this is broad enough where I think this is going to play out. Um, I think that's a pretty solid theory because it's not too specific. But again, uh, totally played with my my notion on how that was going to happen as opposed to like one, one location, you know, uh, Lady Loki uh, thinking outside the box uh, went you know, all the locations. Uh, and I, I think that's going to be interesting because that's going to create more chaos, which is going to leave the timekeepers, uh, you know, open. You know what I mean? Well, and my thought on this is if you're doing this, your goal isn't to just like, you're not bombing the sacred timeline to destroy the sacred timeline. You're bombing the sacred timeline to pull the Minutemen out of the TVA. Your goal isn't, you know, they're going to get in and they're going to scramble every tag team they've got, every group of Minutemen to go deal with this, right? Which is why you needed a certain number of them, right? You have to do enough so that they're, they have to scramble everybody to try and address this in order to preserve the timeline, which leaves the TVA relatively undefended. I think yeah. that the next step is the attack on the TVA itself. Well, and that's going to show you exactly. Oh man, I can't remember his name. Who's the dude behind the desk? What's his character's name? Cordero. Casey. Yeah. Casey. Yeah. That's Yo, that dude is fantastic. I love everything that he does. Just Great. wanted to throw that out there. Uh, yeah, I think Casey is going to. That's when you're going to see him uh, really shine. Is when the Lokis come to the TVA to to do whatever they're you know whatever plan you're postulating here, like. That's when you're going to find out the TVA is never being defended. He doesn't know what a fish is, but he can find two cans of whoop ass. <laughs> He's you got know, a thousand infinity, infinity stones and he will just throw them all at you. <laughs> well, he might go to a different universe where they work and then destroy you. I don't know. <laughs> but he's fantastic. I can't wait to see what he does. I know he's going to do something. Now, I don't know that much. Trill and I, were there any theories that uh, you had come across that were really striking to you? Um, I don't know. Like, he, the thing about Loki is, like, he's always got a plan B. So I feel like this whole That's a really complicated is- joke now that Loki's a lady. <laughs> well, <laughs> you know she got that plan B on deck. Well, and you, you also probably, uh, you may or may not have noticed, but under Loki's gender on his file, it said variable. Yeah. Well, I mean, he could, he can, he's the god of mischief. He can kind of play whatever role he wants to play. 
but if you notice like like <clears throat> the uh like owen wilson said earlier you tend to lose a lot but or he said what do you say he, you get away every time like you, do you know things and then you manage to escape yeah and i feel like that that was kind of like foreshadowing into what they're gonna do um i feel like loki's always got a plan b he always has it, it shows in every movie that he's got a backup plan already you know what i'm saying like he let go of the bifrost and just let himself you know be killed quote unquote killed and just came back like it was nothing and there was you know I feel like he's already got something going and he's in, in this episode in particular, he's going to follow up with girl Loki to try to get a better feel so that his plan B will work. You know, what I, I'm saying? But I, 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 I just, I, I don't know what it's going to be yet, but I, I know something is cooking with probably both of them. I mean, I, I love that it's, conversation. It's two, Loki, it's two Lokis, and they're both really dope. I think both of them have a plan B, and maybe they'll, maybe they're both not that bad, you know, because he he seems to be like he wants to be a good guy a little bit because he says not every bad guy is bad and not every good guy is good. So I feel like he's got some other stuff going on that he's working on that we're just we're gonna have to flesh out maybe i don't know i loved the conversation that he had with female loki as they were sitting there and he's she obviously has this plan that she is on the cusp of activating this thing she's been working on for god knows how long and he's yeah. like yes i'll let you join my team with 20 percent of the credit <laughs> like i need a lieutenant they love doing <laughs> that percentage stuff too man like you get 12 percent of the credit an argument could be made for 15 right, right. <laughs> now uh i think this is this is actually me putting a a, a long-term theory out there uh because i didn't expect this in terms of i mean on some level i expected lady loki but i think what we're setting ourselves up for is Tom loki. hiddleston loki is going to make the genuine hero sacrifice that we keep seeing him fake and fake and fake over the course of how many adventures. And that's going to set us up for Lady Loki as the, the new status quo, because this phase seems to be about all like handing over in a sense. Yeah. Like, you know, I think I saw, I think I saw the word legacy being thrown around a lot with these new movies. Right. Legacy, right. And so know. like uh, it's going to be his death that inspires her to be, like a better version of of a loki like a, a more good you know chaotic good version of of loki i also don't believe loki's trying to be a good guy even slightly he i think he just wants to get out of there he yeah. just wants it to be done well man uh and, and the then I'm, I'm... that's that's part of his plan b he just wants to get out of there well so what, his what plan b is basically uh... just getting out of there one of the things I'm learning is like uh, a result's a result, though. Yeah. Like that—that's kind of how he stumbles on. Like that's how he stumbles through that that line of good and bad. Is a result is just a result. I I keep accidentally doing good, even though I'm setting up all these asshole plans. So I guess I can just ride a little bit of that momentum 
Uh, and that's what kind of gets him through. And then, of course, we see him have this wonderful arc. And, uh, you know, he gets choked out by Daddy Thanos. Uh... <laughs> that was that that scene kind of crushed me a little bit when he when he finds out that him and Thor are cool and then he tries to push the uh, dagger into Thanos and he realizes that it doesn't work and he gets choked out and that he was like legitimately like like you, he was upset you know what I'm saying like you could see it in his face like I don't I don't know what he's gonna do, but I don't I don't I think he's kind of coming around, but he's doing it in a weird way that I don't know. We'll see later, I guess. Well, and he's always got Owen Wilson there to constantly like crush him. And by the way, his Owen Wilson, whoever's writing that dude's double talk is awesome. He's like, pick one. Either, you know, I'm just talking to the you know, cold, scared little blue boy, you know, blah blah blah. Or, you know, I'm just saying whatever I need to say to get you to move along. You two, he said, You got two options. You can believe either one of them. <laughs> right. And it's like such a good line. I was like, wow. <laughs> he won't commit to anything. It's amazing. Like I'm, I'm waiting for him to give me a concrete something, and like, nope, it's all quicksand. Yeah, yeah. Well, that was actually one of the things that I thought was uh, really awesome. Like, there's one point Loki's like a meeting with him is on the table. He's like, keep that focus, right? At no point, like he doesn't answer, right? Yeah. At no point is he answering. He's not committing to anything. He's just saying, you know, that that that's good. It's exactly what I'm looking for. Keep that same energy. <laughs> Now, like, uh, you know, coming from the, the 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 Zen thing here, like, I love the double talk that way. And it makes me wonder, is like, is that the, the trick is I just have to be born outside of time and space to immediately understand how to fuck with people's heads like that? Like, uh, <laughs> I mean, it, it's just it, it's a wonderful combination because Loki can't fuck with this dude's head. But like Owen Wilson has like a studio apartment inside mm -hmm. of loki's horned crown like yeah. you know yeah. i take vacations here <laughs> he lives there he's already there he's been there yeah <laughs> he is a loki that's not a good theory but I'm, i'll stick to it I'll, I'll die on that hill why why the fuck not i don't know yeah no uh i don't know i i, I lately i'd like to believe that he's been around so long he's a seasoned vet i don't think he's a double or a loki i think he's just been in tva for so long that he just is uh i'm too old for this shit you know what i'm saying like you realize that danny glover was only what like 40 years old when that movie oh, was made? oh he yeah i'm almost <laughs> as old as danny glover was when he said that line and i don't like to think about it but i feel like that is what's going on with him right now. I don't think he's a double or anything like that, but who knows? This show could go anywhere. <laughs> like anywhere. It, it's not giving us much. It, it's well, this particular episode of our show has gone a variety of different places. And before we wrap up this episode, are there any projections or additional theories you wanted to work in? um yes you want to go first so uh keeping with the theme of the episode we see that uh lady loki and and you know male loki abscond and we know that he's a villain and a narcissist 
Uh, so and I so think she. that was yeah. great. She was like, you're clearly the inferior Loki. Right, right. So <laughs> uh, I think clearly they're going to go off and uh, have lunch together, so to speak, and uh, work out a new plan. You know what? You know what it reminded me of. Uh, so, have you watched? When Invincible? I say lunch, I mean dining at the Y. Yeah, like the the kind of lunch Batman. The doesn't. thing Batman doesn't do. Have you guys watched Invincible or read the comics? Yeah, uh, I've watched yeah. the series. Yeah. Who were Both. the uh, what what who were the clone twins? Like the Basher twins? Is that uh, what yeah. it was? The Crusher twins? Yeah. They're constantly fighting. No, you're the clone. No, you're the clone. Yeah. <laughs> you're both the clone. It's very who's on first. I dig it. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's kind of the dynamic we've got between the two Lokis. You're inferior. No, I'm oh, well, superior. I, I think that tracks actually. You know, they're so, both at at the same level. I think just one's in a better position to make weird, mischievous things happen. Well, she's in a better place emotionally. She didn't just have to watch herself die. That's yeah. Also, that yeah, for sure. Um, I don't know. I don't. I don't really have a. Seen two episodes. You I don't really have a plan yet. I don't have a theory. With Loki, seemingly for the first time. I don't know. I guess they. Okay, so they walk into that door together. I feel like if if Owen Wilson doesn't explode in in that rocks on version of Walmart, he's gonna go back to the time variance and get chewed out, and then he's gonna have to hunt him down. Well, I don't think he's gonna have to hunt him down. I think Loki is gonna go. He went through that door. He's gonna talk to her. They're gonna have a whole weird thing, and. Uh, I think Loki will come back to the TVA willingly. Honestly, just I think like he went where, back to his holding cell. Honestly, you know I think that that's where the two Lokis are headed. Like, I think that's where that doorway led. I think that doorway led to the TVA. Really? Huh. Okay. I mean, I can dig it. No, it went to a Lovenasium. That's where it went. <laughs> right. Well, Thank you guys so much. If any of those series come through, we will certainly talk about it next week when we do our episode three recap. Thank you guys so much for joining us for this week's episode of United Fan Theory as we are covering Marvel's Loki streaming on Disney+. Plus. If you have a fan theory you'd like for us to, to discuss, go ahead and reach out and let us know about it. Our resident spotologist, Dr. Beast McCoy, can you please tell us how our friends can contact us. Uh, Unified fan theory at gmail.com. Uh, and also, uh, it's much easier just to get to the anchor, uh, anchor.fm forward slash UFT. If you send us a message there, uh, please hit us up with a theory and we will put you on air. Super simple, super clean, super easy. Unlike the standards and practices at DC, we are completely down for whatever you want to do. So, Ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for joining us for this week's episode. I am your host, Professor, I'm sorry, Dr. Poppenheimer. We are joined by our resident spotologist, Spockter Beast McCoy, and of course, Professor Trill Nye, the scientastic guy. 
Thanks so much. We'll see you guys next week. We've been eating booty over here. If you have fan theories, headcanon, or continuity errors you think we need to know about, send them to unifiedfantheory at gmail.com and we'll give you credit and discuss them on air. This episode of Unified Fan Theory was researched and hosted by Dr. Savage Poppenheimer, Spockter Beast McCoy, and Resident Thick Grayson. Produced and edited by The Vaudevillain and Baron Beastful Mode. Sound and graphic design by The Vaudevillain. Unified Fan Theory is a production of Hinge Life Pirate Radio. And most importantly, thanks for listening and stay geeky, nerds.